Hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. Do you want to do the beginning? Do it, do it in the announcer voice again. Hey, everyone. And you're listening to the Yum Cha Podcast. <laughs> no, introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. Uh, my name is John. Um, I'm a friend of Kat's for the past, like, year and a half. Uh, and she's currently in my closet in Seattle. I'm in his closet in Seattle. He's drinking red wine and eating white chocolate chip yes. discs. Just so everyone can get a picture of us. Yeah. And my wine <laughs> specifically is coming out of an Amazon Go mug. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Legitimately drinking the Kool-Aid. Absolutely. Um, also, can we talk about how you have $3 wine here? That's disgusting. Yeah. So... I'm Canadian, and this is my first time be experiencing $3 wine yeah. in the United States, and I do not have a tongue discerning enough to tell the difference. And so, do I drink wine that's cheaper than the juices I buy? Absolutely. Mm. And I don't have a problem with that. Mm. Are we mad about that? No. Absolutely no, not. I, I love this. <laughs> I love America. Long live America. <laughs> Long live America. Um, so just a background um john and i met at work yeah we met at work uh we both worked at the same place i guess john trained me mm -hmm. and then john got a new job in seattle and now he's here yeah i moved away in june yeah. but i do like the story of how you were told to train under me which is unfair because we were both the same level yes but then you were told by your manager to go to the specific building and train under John. And apparently, John it. wait. Apparently, John was really good at his job, and that was the reason why he wanted me to train under you. Right, but then there were two of us named John that were also very good <laughs> at our jobs. So then she went to her manager and was like, "Which John?" And his response, the manager's response, was the Asian one. <laughs> it sucks because we're both Asian. And then he so was like, "John M." <laughs> And we uh, both of our last names start with an M. So she trained with both of us. Yeah. And it's been a good ride. It's been a good ride ever since. And I'm not even sure how we actually became friends outside of being co-workers. We just talked a lot and got along very well. Um, you sort of saw through me. Um, really? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean by that? I don't As think in, I know this. Uh, one of my favorite stories about you is like, you tried to ship me or hook me up with <laughs> someone else. <laughs> in a different building in Amazon um, and you were like John you'd really like her she's like a basic Asian girl got blonde hair ABG um, vibes and as you were telling me I had already started blushing because I was already talking to her yeah so that was kind of awkward but that but was fun I saw you yeah I saw, you saw right I saw right through right you through me yeah I don't know how we actually became good friends but I we just talked a lot we just talked a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he left me and then now she's in my closet now i'm in his closet in seattle so i mean i think this leads us to our topic mm -hmm. so there's like um some things that i wanted to ask you after like moving to like a new city and just like i don't think i've ever fully asked you we were talking about it before but i don't think we ever fully like talked about it and i would like to know do you feel like nervous super nervous it's really first, first ever podcast but you have a good podcast voice though i would say thank you i th i think the acoustics of the uh the closet help a lot mm. but yes <laughs> i've never been in a closet with a man before 
You never played seven <laughs> minutes and a half in? Seven? No, I've never played seven minutes. You had a sheltered ass childhood. <laughs> Wait, you played seven minutes and a half in? I wasn't that sheltered, but yeah, sure. I played spin the bottle. Does that count? It, it counts. Okay. Okay. Um, so I wanted to know, like, how you felt about leaving mm-hmm. Canada. I don't think I've ever asked you that. Like, what were your feelings? How did you, like, what was some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome, like, mentally? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty tough. Um, I had some pretty strong pull factors. One being, um, wanting the independence to live on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school in the same city that I lived in and never lived on residence. And I was at a point in my career where, um, obviously there's a lot of social pressure there where, you know, you want to be independent, you want to live on your own. And so there were two parts of my life where professionally I was you know, doing incredibly well for my age mm-hmm. um, in the field that I was in. But at the same time, it was like, I'm still coming home, being taken care of by my mm. parents, um, which of course is an incredibly good privilege. Yeah. But I wanted to to move away and, and sort of live on my own. Yeah. And so um, the route to Seattle sort of was the only way I could financially justify that mm. because moving out in Toronto sort of just felt like, a straight up expense versus yeah. um, I guess you get paid here. It wouldn't feel like I'm paying for an experience. It mm. would just come along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one thing. The other was just for my career um, in Toronto is sort of working in operations and mm-hmm. in a warehouse. And, mm-hmm. and I love that in the moment. Did I think that was my future? Um, definitely not. Mm. And so this was definitely a route to, mm-hmm to work in a more corporate role what was like the defining factor when you were at your old job that you were like i need to go or like do you remember there was like a specific moment where you're like this is like not my life i think yeah there were some moments there was i couldn't pinpoint a specific moment but there felt i felt a culture shift in in our job where it it's i had come from a background of startups and it felt like that even if it was a company like Amazon with mm-hmm. AMZL. Um, but now that we had grown and gotten more established, it, it didn't feel like that anymore. And I sort of wanted to move away. Um, like it felt more yeah. established. And I had sort of passively looked at jobs in Seattle because that was just a city that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And with a background of startups, a background in food, I found this job that A was an Amazon. So you have that sort of like larger backing and resource Mm -hmm. that was related to food that was in a new business. So you have a sort of startup feel Mm -hmm. and it felt like, like the perfect role for Mm -hmm. me to just jump into along with the other personal things. Mm -hmm. And so that was the main catalyst. And, um, with that, then it was like, okay, let me just take it seriously. Um, I applied or talked to a couple of other teams as well, but Mm -hmm. it just so happened that like, thankfully the number one option like that i wanted yeah. is the is one of the ones that i got offers yeah. for and so yeah. that was the big catalyst yeah. there was no big moment or blow up but yeah um, i've definitely flip-flopped between committing to a life in toronto and, and wanting to no. start my own story and mm-hmm. and that's sort of what i think i have mm-hmm. um six months later do i think i got that 100%. i think so yeah, yeah. i love the life that i've built here. yeah and, and it's like interesting for me to know your life back in toronto and then come here and then see like this new life that you've built 
and it's like it's just interesting to see as like a friend yeah how much you've like and i feel grown. a lot more calm i feel a lot more mature and with the new career that i'm in the new city that i'm in i definitely feel a lot more mature and mm-hmm. i've learned a lot about myself like mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get that experience of living on residence during yeah. university and living on my yeah. own. And so things like small things, like not knowing that you need to buy the hooks for your shower curtain. <laughs> like it doesn't come with it. It doesn't come with it. And so I sent a lot a bunch of my friends, like I had a shower curtain um hung up with these coat hangers. Yeah. Oh my god. Because I didn't know you needed hooks. Yeah. Or I needed to ask my mother, like, am I supposed to to mop or or vacuum first yeah. like those yeah. small things about living on your own yeah um i think you really learn yeah um especially moving to i didn't know a single person in the city except that for my scares manager. me terrifying and so it was very lonely at first yeah um but thankfully it wasn't it didn't feel detrimental i i think it gave me a, a little while to let it really like learn about myself and sit mm-hmm. in silence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because my life in Toronto ever since I was like maybe 10th grade was always like hustle 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 mm-hmm. and the moment I came here it was like no I think I think I've figured things out at least for now yeah. so I can just focus on myself and yeah and learn about yeah you know how, yeah. To, how to cook for myself how to yeah. care about my fitness and my yeah. health but yeah. also just mentally just yeah. be on my own yeah. and yeah. make new friends yeah yeah, that's good. What's like, I guess, the biggest thing that you learned living alone? Because I feel like for me, I was able to like get that from university because I lived alone there for like five years, right? So like I kind of got through the basics of like how to cook, how to like grocery shop, how to like do shit by myself. But like, how about you? I think it's what I learned, especially because I was able to translate. This sounds so so nerdy but like i was able to translate things that i learned in my career and and put them into my own personal life mm-hmm. and so there's certain things that are really difficult for me like remembering to pay bills or remember mm-hmm. remembering mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so like the small things like setting up auto pay or just yeah. setting a reminder every x amount of weeks to do this thing in the house or to yeah. book a certain appointment like yeah. those are the small things that really sustain you and so Growing up in Toronto, I was, um, you know, I was an, an only child to a single mother. So mm-hmm. I was like very much pampered. A little boy, and, baby, mommy's and, boy. Exactly. And so <laughs> all I needed to focus on was was school or work. Yeah. Hence the weird dichotomy of having a, a great job leading, you know, so many people in my career. But yeah. at the same time coming home to my laundry folded and your food done and my food done groceries there. exactly and so yeah that definitely helped me grow on those skills it yeah also forced me to learn to make friends again true i think so there's two things i want to follow up with that do you think it's necessary for someone to live alone at least once in their life before marriage before marriage or like any time in their life that they you do think it's a necessary thing for someone to do i think so yeah so branching forward towards the, the marriage thing i think it's also helpful to like but before you marry someone and move in with them after marriage i think you should like live together before you marry mm-hmm. right like sort mm-hmm. of test drive mm-hmm. the car before mm-hmm. you buy the car mm-hmm. 
even before that, before you decide to live in with someone, I think you should learn to live with yourself mm-hmm. and figure that mm-hmm. out. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not saying like, like you always have to be perfect before you can meet other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it definitely helps to just mm-hmm. get a little bit of a grasp of, of what you're like alone. Like, can you just sit alone in your home and have dinner with yourself? Yeah. Be it with yeah. Netflix or, or whatever. Yeah. Or just in silence and just... Yeah. Yeah. enjoy being with yourself because i feel like mm-hmm. nowadays we're just always with people with we're people. always doing something yeah. especially people like us right yeah like we grew up in places that we've been for a long time we have we're pretty outgoing we yeah. have huge networks of friends yeah, yeah. And so i was never bored yeah like, for example when i came back to toronto in november yeah you had like plans every day i had several plans every day okay right like yeah. i was going out for lunch yeah. breakfast breakfast lunch and dinner with different people yeah. every single day for three weeks and, yeah and so it was such a huge contrast to my experience of yeah. living here when yeah. it was just just yeah. sit there and but i live. i also feel like bef- even like before marriage i feel like it's, it's it's good to live alone because you get those skills like you were talking about like how to take care of yourself like have like ex like in what's that word called internal motivation to do mm-hmm. things like to pay your bills to like be on top of that and to be like financially stable usually when you live alone you tend to be a little bit more financially aware right yeah especially i think for people like us especially like very common and i think in a lot of like asian children where we're so pampered and we're so put in a direction by our parents of just focus on school or just focus on mm-hmm, x mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we've done really well in our mm-hmm, careers mm-hmm. academically or professionally but we don't have those like soft or like real world skills yeah. to like actually sustain ourselves like great i can someone can program an incredible application or website but they don't know yeah. how to like cook anything greater than like craft dinner for themselves that's like, actually very true like that's i think a huge gap yeah. Or, or some people taking even younger, you see like high schoolers who are taking, you know, IB classes or AP classes in every single subject, mm-hmm. but are incapable of taking the public transit. Like, yeah. That just feels That's, odd. That is true. And I feel like that was me. Like, mm-hmm. I was telling you, like, all I did was like study. And then after that, I would work and then like, whatever. And for me to live alone, it was such a, like, I had to learn how to be street smart on my own. And that was the, the hardest thing for me to do. But it's like once you realize that you can like teach yourself that and like be self-sufficient, I feel like that's, I don't know, don't you think it's healthier in a relationship? Yeah, and like you'll you're, you'll fail, but like that's when you learn is, is you yeah. fail. And so yeah. coming back to me moving here, like that was something that I wanted to force myself into was like let's see where the gaps are mm. in myself um, and, and see like where I can learn about myself. Yeah. And now that I'm a couple months in, I feel like I, I sort of have my grasp of how things go. Yeah. I haven't had any big blow-ups or any big things ha- bad things happen to me so far. Yeah. I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned how to... Another big thing that I wanted to learn was, like, how do I sustain relationships back in Toronto while also cultivating mm. relationships here? Um, and I think I've, like, done a pretty good job at that because that was something I was always horrible at mm. back in Toronto. Um, well, that's so like, interesting. Yeah, because I always had friends that would like go away from Toronto for like a master's degree or yeah, for work or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was always horrible at like sustaining relationships mm. with my friends. Um, so then, how'd you do it? They were always good relations. Well, like in the past, they were always good relationships. When we're back in the same city, it's like yeah. as if nothing happened. Yeah. But um, 
at the end of the day, there's still a gap if you don't talk to each other for several months, no yeah. matter how good yeah. you hanging out is yeah. five months later. And so just keeping up with friends and keeping them updated um, about each other's lives was mm-hmm. something I wanted to learn on one hand. On the other hand, was something that actually helped me go through this experience of moving to a city where I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And so it was two part where I was sort of like hanging on to like the relationships I had in Toronto, family and friends mm-hmm. um, to really like get me going, give mm-hmm. me perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because when you, when you live on your own, you sort of actually do have like an echo chamber in your own head of I experiences. Would, yes. And it's really weird. Yeah. Even with you, like I would bounce experiences with like, dating or friendships or work like off of you all the time and I would do the same for you because I think when I was living alone I had to validate my thoughts and feelings with you and then when you started living alone you had to do the same right to me. and yeah. that was like really really helpful because yeah especially when you live alone you don't have that many friends or family here it's like you sort of just echo chamber yourself yeah and you just like go deep into a certain thought and yeah you sort of lose clarity sometimes was it really difficult for you in like the beginning months? For sure, yeah. Especially so in Toronto, you know, I have a, a set of friends and I play video games with them every night. Yeah. And that was incredibly helpful, especially during COVID. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. um when COVID first came, you know, we're working remotely, but also you can't go out. Yeah. So you're literally stuck in your home. And yeah. so that was sort of how me and, and my group of friends got really close. Was mm. We played video games every night to each with together. Um, or we just chatted about our mm-hmm. lives on Discord mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. even playing games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my first month here, I didn't have my PC here. Oh shit! My first two weeks, I didn't even have Wi-Fi because there were some like yeah. cable issues, yeah. and so I really had to sit in my own thoughts. Wow. Um, it was definitely tough. I was definitely warned about like what's called the Seattle freeze of how yeah. it's difficult to make friends here. Yeah. Um, didn't believe it at first, but started <laughs> saw how it was. And I remember um, what was nice was after a month of moving here, I came back to Toronto for a week. Yeah. And I remember seeing you and having this weird realization and, and sort of venting to you like, dude, it's easier to date than make friends. Yeah. And so that was the biggest part. One of the biggest difficulties in moving to a new city was yeah. like, it's pretty hard to make friends when um everyone at work is a lot older than you in different like yeah. stages yeah. even then they don't even go to the office yeah you didn't go to school here yeah. both university or, yeah. or high school yeah and so like it was this weird thing where i'd never used dating apps in my life but my only source con- of like human connection yeah. was dating apps when i came here that's crazy which was so like not yeah, it was just so different. I'd never used dating apps before. And so yeah. I'd never felt that. Yeah. And that's like my biggest thing. I don't want to, like, I feel like I'm so put off from, not put off. I'm so terrified of moving to a different city and like meeting new friends. I feel like I've lost that skill. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, I mean, those are skills that are learned when you're like two years old. Yeah. And you meet some random person, you know nothing about them, and you're yeah. like, I want to be friends. Yeah. What's your favorite color? Like, Here, it's like, it's so difficult. To now I'm like friends. all up in my head being like, oh, does this person like me? Am I being annoying? Like, I don't want to, yeah. you know, and I don't want to, like, I don't know. I just have lost that skill. 
but at least like now you know that you still have it and that you yeah it's still a bit hard i think you eventually sort of come to the conclusion this isn't in every city but i would definitely say this is the case in seattle you eventually come to the conclusion of okay i shouldn't be concerned about being awkward or weird at the end of the day everyone is kind of lonely and wanting to make friends and do you feel that i think so especially when i'm around here it's a weird bubble that i'm living in in seattle yeah Yeah. um just the amount of homogeny and i was talking to you about that as well right Mm -hmm. yeah right like so where i live is is heavily tech bro don't even say Seattle. heavily yeah it's <laughs> it, like almost all. entirely tech the joke that i have about my apartment about my apartment building is like everyone has an amazon badge yeah. and a dog <laughs> and so it's it's very different um in terms of making friends yeah um in the past i have sort of lived on my own in the summers of university mm-hmm. um, and that was in dc and, mm-hmm. and that was a very completely different experience because everyone was again very super smart very hard working but very extroverted and mm-hmm. and it was a hardcore like work hard play hard culture mm-hmm. and you can you can go to the club alone in dc and make friends and have so much fun that is crazy yeah it was wild that is crazy and come out with a, a group of friends that's crazy. incredible yeah uh, the same couldn't be said in like a tech space just because i think the personalities are a little bit more reserved reserved for yeah. sure so yeah. it is pretty tough to make friends here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I also wouldn't know how to put myself out there too. Right. You know, like, especially as, aside from work, like um, work in the gym. Yeah, it's like, hard to make friends. Yeah, aside from that. Yeah. Um, but I I will say like it definitely gets easier the more you you push along, and sort of like making friends is is definitely like a snowball. Mm -hmm. it's really hard to make your first couple of friends Mm -hmm. but then after you do then you meet their friends and their friends and their friends and you you start to build like a network yeah and like you might not find your so-called network at first perhaps in your first couple like like times making friends Mm -hmm. but eventually like a friend of a friend of a friend you'll meet their network yeah you'll be super tight with them yeah and so I've sort of built up like a number of like smaller networks here. Yeah. Um, will I say that I feel even remotely as connected to my networks here as I do in Toronto? Like not even close. Yeah, but you've but been here for what, like? Six months? Exactly. And even having like small networks in six months is so good. I don't think I've made a new friend in a while, right? Yeah. So it's like. I, I can say that about Toronto too. I don't know when the last time I made a new friend was outside of outside of work or school. I don't know when the last time I made a friend. Exactly. So even yeah, even having these small ones are such a good like win. Yeah. And I I think like it's just a matter of just following up, like just exchange numbers. They say no, like cool, move on. So that would be your biggest tip on making friends, right? I think like, yeah, one of the biggest tips in, in like making friends or like almost anything in life for me was like just learning to accept rejection that is what i'm struggling with too it's so hard when you put it objectively it seems so irrational to be scared of rejection because like if you ask someone like hey you want to hang out x day or let's exchange numbers or whatever it is the worst that could possibly happen is them saying no but like or they or they cuss you out 
that hey, that <laughs> I would want never to happen. assault you right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like the worst that can happen is you get rejected, and they say no, and like you just move on, right? You, yeah. you meet someone at H Mart, they reject you, bro. All right, you cool. You go home with fried chicken anyways. Okay, like it's fine. But they always say you can meet people at H Mart, you can meet people in the grocery store, you can meet people in line for like coffee or whatever. That doesn't fucking happen. It doesn't. Everyone has AirPods, myself right? included. Right? Yeah. That doesn't happen. But I don't know. I feel like I'm so scared of rejection. And I feel like that has prevented me from dating. And that has prevented mm-hmm. me from making friends. And I feel like friend rejections are worse. Because it's not... If if I'm dating someone and I'm not their type, okay. Like, I get it. I'm not... I don't look... Or, like, I'm not what you're looking for. And that's fine. But as a friend, if a friend rejected me, I feel like that would hurt me so much more. Because yes. it's not like I'm, I'm not... You're not rejecting me because I'm not pretty. You're it's rege- more like ambiguous. Yeah. And it's more about you as a person. Yeah. Rather than like you're not the right type type or look yeah. or whatever attribute yeah. you're looking for. Yeah. And yeah, that has definitely been tough. Um is as weird to say, like I've moved here six months ago. Some of the past happiest times of the last six months were my three weeks in Toronto. <laughs> as weird as that sounds uh, but it was definitely refreshing and so uh, coming back to toronto f- for three weeks um was was two things one like was refreshing it felt like i was with my friends again i felt like i was friends and family again i felt like i was myself um and i felt like extra motivated to mm-hmm. come back to seattle to be like oh my god i can't wait to build the network like yeah this. yeah on the other hand there was also this like opposing tension of like Will I ever achieve this in in Seattle? I think you will. Um, I hope so. I think I've gotten a little bit closer. Um, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now. The thing is, I think with you, when I first met you, <laughs> you were so... You're not an introverted person. Mm-hmm. You can make small talk. You can like carry a conversation. And I feel like I lack that. So I naturally gravitated towards talking to you because it made me feel yeah, a little bit more comfortable, right? Yeah, I think that was another weird thing about making friends in... So, you know, making friends at work was sort of out of the question for me here just because it's all remote. Yeah. And so I sort of had to grapple with, like, the two sides of me. And so going to what you said, like, I've sort of noticed that when I'm at work physically, I'm a lot more extroverted than I am in my personal life. Really? Right. Yeah. Because especially, you know, in Amazon, I'm a manager. Yeah. I have to be around people. Your your attitude, your morale really does seep into everyone around you. Yeah. Yeah. And I always viewed like the management or leadership role as like performative. Mm-hmm. You set the tone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like we've all had jobs where the manager is in a bad mood mm-hmm. and like we were probably in a bad mood or just not as motivated for that yeah, week. True. And so, yeah, you touched on like, you know, sort of the more extroverted side of me at work mm. and now coming here, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have that. And so I, I don't have that like, hey, you're being, I've always viewed myself especially in management roles like okay. you're being paid to be happy and to cheer people up which oh, that's is very a good, helpful yeah that's a good way management. to yeah uh when you don't have that incentive like how like i've had questions about myself now moving to seattle mm. i always viewed myself as incredibly extroverted in toronto mm. 
growing mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. I come here and I'm like, wait, am I just a homebody? Um, oh, am I actually introverted? I'm, I'm very content just like going to work, going to the gym, coming home, cooking food and watching Netflix. It was very new to me. And so navigating like, you know, am I just like pressuring myself to make friends too fast or make relationships too fast versus yeah. just, yeah. am I actually genuinely content just yeah. staying at home watching Netflix or whatever? Um, or do you, do you like it because it's safe? Right. Yeah. And so that's another thing yeah. that you start to question yourself. Yeah. It's like, am I just like copping out right now? Yeah. I'm, are you genuinely happy or is this just what's easy? Yeah. And like, you don't have to push yourself out there. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been a, a, a roller coaster of emotions yeah. moving here. Yeah. Um, I've definitely like learned about myself and been introspective mm. or tried to be. Mm-hmm. Um I'm pretty happy but where I'm at now. Um I think you should be really happy with where you're at now. Yeah. I'm like I really like the network that I've built around myself. Yeah. I have like a pretty healthy relationship. Got a couple cats in my home. And not including say. you <laughs> but like i think you yeah, should be really happy it's I, been fun yeah like the life that you built here has been and it's definitely a life i can imagine in the near future as well as long long mm. term um another thing that i wanted to ask you was like what do you think the biggest adjustment that you had to make moving to seattle like in terms of culture and like people or did you not really notice a huge shift so it was it was mainly to do with my professional life Mm. and so back in toronto i was a you were in person i was in a a true leadership position leading like several levels of people like a lot of people and that was my favorite part of the job was was seeing the people um that report to you yeah coaching them giving them projects working them through interviews mm-hmm. and then seeing them get promoted and just the, the people aspect of my job. Yeah. And I knew that was my favorite part of that job. Yeah. Purely. Yeah. I was, I was very successful in that job for other things. Yeah. And known in that job for other things, such as like, you know, building tools or yeah. like doing metrics or yeah. launching projects. Yeah. Um, as good as I was as that, like, I really liked the people aspect. Yeah. And that was my favorite part. And it was the, one thing that I knew I was losing moving into this job, mm. I immediately moved to like an individual contributor job um, and where you just do your own thing. You're mm-hmm. completely independent. Um, you and your teammates are doing completely different things as well mm-hmm. versus my job in Toronto where it was very comparative. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of people in the exact same position as you doing the exact same thing as you mm-hmm. and you can very easily compare like your metrics and performance and whatever it is and so both the so two things one was like moving from being around people all the time to just sitting in my den <laughs> at all the times <laughs> and just writing papers for a living yeah um, was a huge adjustment and then the other huge adjustment was like the ambiguity of my position where there's times where you don't know if you're doing well or not because you can't just compare yourself to others you're... it's not like numerically based like exactly no one else is doing anything remotely like you yeah and so you have these weird moments where there's a disconnect where you might think you're doing oh, i'm not really doing much i'm not doing that well and your managers and your managers managers and everyone else higher than you is like john you've done an incredible job and there's other mm-hmm. times where you've 
you've been working super hard, you finish the project and they're like, yeah, that, like this isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you, you try, like, of course you're going to respect their feedback and take it, but it's, there's nothing to base it off of, mm-hmm. right? Back in my old job when I was- like- so many metrics yeah exactly at. if your manager is like yeah. you're not doing that well and you're like uh i don't know man i'm a 90th percentile in like every single metric that we're rated yeah. on yeah. it's very easy to just to justify yeah. what yeah. you're doing yeah and so yeah like those the, the the lack of working with people in 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 people under you and, and reporting to you um, was a huge change and like just the lack do of you, comparison do you know which one you prefer i definitely wanted to work with people and it was something, it wasn't a shock. I knew exactly what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. And then I knew that was this, this was the step moving to corporate mm-hmm. was like, okay, in a couple of years, maybe I'll be, get myself into a, a leadership position. But I, I knew that this would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it would suck. I came and it sucked even more <laughs> than what I thought it would be. Especially because you moved here alone as well. I moved here alone and I was always surrounded by people. And yeah. I, I loved, even if it wasn't directly professional, having associates at Amazon be like, you know, knowing what they're studying and cheering them on as they're like doing their exams and being like checking up on them like the day after their exams mm-hmm. in their own universities outside of Amazon. Like, like that was so fun. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, I just write papers, I guess. Yeah. And like just, just type and write emails and mm-hmm. sit in meetings. Mm-hmm. It was very different than the very physical job of, of, you know, walking desk to desk, walking station to station to mm-hmm. talk to mm-hmm. everyone and check mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I am pretty extroverted and like losing all of that was, was pretty tough. Yeah. Was it something that I, I, I think is worth overcoming for sure? Yeah. Because again, I didn't want to spend my, the rest of my life in a warehouse. Like, yeah. and if I'm going to make that jump, and you have to like, be a little bit like uncomfortable with exactly yeah, yeah 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 that's a that's a good point it's crazy though to like actually think that like that you went from being surrounded by people to being alone and like not even alone in the sense that you're like working from home but you're like alone in a new city mm-hmm. and alone in your new job that's like crazy. interacting with like hundreds of drivers and associates and coworkers <laughs> every single day to like and you were never alone truly i don't yeah, think you were ever alone to thinking all right time to wake up let me walk i don't know 20 meters to my den <laughs> yeah <laughs> or 15 meters or 15 minutes to my office yeah. when i'm the only person on the floor yeah which is the exact same thing yeah um it was a huge change um, and I think it definitely translated into other aspects of my life of like feeling alone, yeah. right? not making friends yeah. was definitely, or like the struggles of not having friends here was definitely exacerbated by yeah. like the complete lack of human interaction. And I feel like my job. it's nice to work from home, but I feel like at one point we were not made to work from home in a no. situation. I feel like we're made to be social people. And if you work from home where you're like alone too much, like it negatively affects you. Like if we think about, you know, all of our closest friends, they came from school and from work. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. I mean, we met from work. We met from work. All of my friends came from work or school. Yeah. And like 
I don't know how people navigated friendships during COVID. Thankfully, I was like a little bit before that. Yeah. But yeah, it just it just feels really difficult. Can you imagine if you moved here in Seattle and then COVID hit? I don't think there would have been any difference. Really? No. Really? Because I think because of the nature of the jobs where I live and work at, yeah. um, it can be so easily done remotely. And so we're sort of after, like, you know, we're well after the pandemic and COVID restrictions. At the end of the day, my building is across the street from the Amazon campus, or one would say inside the Amazon campus. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And at the same time, <laughs> I feel comfortable saying 90% of the people here still work from home. Mm. And so I don't think working but, COVID would have made too much of a difference. Okay. So this is what I'm like confused about. Why are you working from home when you're so close? Not you, but I'm mm-hmm. saying in general, why do people like that? I think so two things. One is. You're like five minutes away. It. Right. Yeah. I think it's a snowball effect where a lot of people, and I've talked to, to it about it with a lot of people, a lot of people genuinely want the social interaction at work. Yeah. But we're not forced to work. And so no one's going to go in thinking, I'm going to be the only person in my office. Mm-hmm. And so it's like some companies have, have forced employees to, to come in. Amazon's taken a very like hands-off approach where it's like it's up to the directors or whatever. And so unless managers, leadership is, is put in a weird position where they're like, do we just force everyone to come in for like Tuesdays and Thursdays and everyone would mm-hmm. be happy, but then not everyone would be happy because they have families mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. forth. And there's just like no way to win. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's kind of like, let's just not force everyone in. And everyone's like mildly yeah which is sort of like the best you can get yeah yeah so that's that's one another is like people genuinely like working from home at least to some degree right it is awesome to say i have an hour for lunch i have my lunch already made in my fridge Mm -hmm. let me just microwave it crush it in 15 minutes and take a four minute nap Mm -hmm. 40 minute nap like that's an incredible luxury yeah you're not time stealing you're not doing anything um and it's just nice yeah. being able to do, not that I've ever done this, but being able to do, you know, your early morning meetings in bed. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. waking up two hours earlier to do that for like breakfast and whatever true, it is. True, true. Um, not everyone likes eating breakfast at like 7 a.m., nor do they, and they would prefer to have it at like 10, 11. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of these things. And I think like some level of balance of in and outside of the office is really healthy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is why I personally do like half of the time in the office. I think that's like also but, good to like leave your space, no? Right. But like, and I personally like that. Yeah. Because I just, I'm not productive if I'm here for two days, right? <laughs> but on the social aspect, it's really tough to... Like, you need a certain amount of people in the office to make it worth going for the social aspect. True, true. And with so much flexibility, it's hard to hit that unless yeah. you actually force people to go on certain days. Yeah. Because I'm, like, looking around, I'm like, wow, if I lived here, I would love to, right? Like, I would love to, like, go to the office that you work at or, like, mm-hmm. be around, like, such, especially, like, the spheres, right? Like, it would be such an amazing, not amazing, but, like, it'd be so much fun to, like, just work there. 
Right. But at the same time, you've seen completely empty sidewalks. I don't think you've ever, ever seen anyone in the office. True. We were in, we were sitting in Amazon's main building and saw one person trickle in every like minute. That is true. And it's 45 floors high. Yeah. That is very <laughs> It is true. not a small building. That is true. Right. That is and true. so there needs to be some sort of like critical mass to have those like real social yeah. benefits. Yeah. And I think those social benefits are very valuable. I think so too. In the professional workspace. Like how many conversations have you and I had that were just spontaneous about work that yeah. we would have never had bothered we to do? Yeah. yeah. Like these smaller conversations or ideas or thoughts you don't put in an email you don't put in a slack chime or slack message and i realized when you are like working like from home you only talk to people that you need to talk to if mm-hmm. you don't have a previous relationship with them right exactly you don't know what's out there yeah. you don't at least in some of my older jobs you would have these spontaneous conversations with people in like completely random departments that you've never spoken to yeah uh, and they were valuable, mm-hmm. maybe not immediately, but the accumulation of these small little mm-hmm. tidbits of interactions may lead to like a pretty critical insight. Yeah. Both career wise or, or yeah. personally. Yeah. And yeah. you sort of lose that. Yeah. You just live in your silo. Yeah. And yeah. again, was another difficult part of, of moving here yeah. versus yeah. our jobs at, yeah. you know, when I was in Toronto, it was like, yeah. I just, pass by you in a, a room and be like oh by the way cat like have you ever thought about this yeah like and we would com- talk like a lot completely out of pocket yeah. ideas that actually yeah. turn into real things yeah. that would have never put into yeah. an instant message or email yeah um or even yeah. just like just to talk like random shit or like yeah know? talk about like i don't know music or yeah. an upcoming concert yeah. like yeah you don't talk message about those that. things yeah right okay um what are some things that you wish you knew before moving to Seattle slash would you do anything differently? That's like two kind of yeah tough questions. Do you want me to repeat? I think like just in terms of, so I'll, I think I'll answer the second one first. Okay. Like what do I wish you did differently? I did differently. I think I wish I, I, was a bit more frugal when moving. <laughs> I like, did not expect how expensive it would be to create a new life. And it's so expensive. It is expensive, but it was a huge privilege. Like yeah. growing up, I was pretty low income. You know, I'd always see things and be like, oh, I wish I could have that. For example, like as a kid, I'd always like told my mother, like, one day I'll get a stainless steel fridge. And like, boom, stainless steel fridge. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's this weird expense that is caused by people who have never moved out before, but are now like earning a good amount of money. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get everything from scratch, everything matching, so on and so forth versus someone who had always lived or lived outside of their home for a while, such as um, being in like, say they lived on residence in university, you sort of like piecemeal. Mm -hmm. So if, if you were to move out now, it wouldn't be that much of an expense versus me Mm -hmm. buying everything all at once. Mm -hmm. And so on one hand, it's like, it's great. Everything is in, in a perfect image of what I had dreamed of and imagined. Mm-hmm. And it's all matching. It's all perfect. At the same time, I did not realize how expensive that would be. That shit is expensive. It's really bad. Yeah. yeah. And so that is something that I wish I had understood <laughs> going on. I did my best to like, 
plan everything yeah. out. Um, but it was just pretty shocking how much, you know, I'd planned out the plates and the cutlery and the bedding, whatever. But there's the smaller things, such as like your spatula, mm-hmm. like your your like cleaning supplies that really add up. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, you know, they're not one-time purchases, but they're not common mm-hmm. purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had never really understood. But also um, it's like, it's when I I had like the same like thing as you, right? When I moved out. But it's like, it's not really, if you look at it as like an investment to building a home for yourself mm-hmm. and like an investment being like, oh, like I believe in myself that I'm going to make it here. So I'm going to invest in my space. Right. And so... I was in this part, like this weird middle ground of, or decision point of, do I like, should I be a bit more responsible or, or what if I got plates that I would be proud of having like 10 years from now? Yeah. But I genuinely feel. Yeah. And so that's sort of the route that I went, yeah. but I just, I, I sort of wish I, I went a little bit, I had a better understanding of how much it would add up to yeah. such that like you would still invest heavily in the things that matter more, but mm-hmm. prior, perhaps like deprioritize other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like the only real thing like, that you would thing I would change mm-hmm. in terms of like moving here. But I also feel like, so I agree it somewhat, like obviously like there's some things that you don't have to buy like the top brand for. Right. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, imagine a, the vibe that you would have come home to if like all your furniture was like ikea or like all your like plates were like mismatched and like Mm -hmm. just random shit that you found right like that would already put you in a place that's like i'm only going to be here for a year you know temporary yeah Yeah. and i i really came in thinking like i want to make this work um you know i'd only covered some of the short-term reasons for coming to seattle but like one of the reasons i picked seattle was because i actually thought this would be a great place to live long long term Ooh, i didn't know that like yeah. family family wise so you know not to talk money but like the you know we, we come from toronto they have a pretty messed up real estate system whatever it super is super messed up and so to come to a place like seattle where housing is nicer sure maybe 15 to 20 percent more expensive to buy a home but your income is triple mm-hmm. that seems very viable um something for me as well especially as like a I hate to say it, but like as a guy, is like it's very easy to find like a female partner that that makes the same, if not more, than you in Seattle, which is not remotely something I could have said in in Toronto. So you're saying like, you when you live here, you already know you kind of have a certain income. Yeah, exactly, and and your income potential is a lot higher versus mm. to, like you know in Seattle. Could I imagine my income doubling or triple evening? Like tripling even from now, despite it already being so much higher than Toronto. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, could I say the same in Toronto? Like, definitely not, unless I work like hundred hours or something. But then at the same time, isn't it nice to like have people that are different than you in terms of like different income, different lifestyle, different yeah, job, different. Sure. I think like you know we're we're talking about Seattle. We're talking about Amazon. I'm not in tech. True. And so, true, you know, true. if you met some, if I met someone in tech, to me, that's diversity, right? True, I didn't have true. many comp sci friends and I didn't have any, maybe I had maybe two comp sci friends growing up in university. Mm. Um, I was always surrounded by the, the pre-laws. I want to be, a, you know, a lawyer or mm-hmm. policy analyst or doctor yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so to me, that is personally diversity. Do you think that 
okay so this sounds really weird but do you think that like when you give young people like this high of a salary Mm -hmm. that it kind of warps your perception of like what is successful because i feel like in toronto if you have someone who's like 26 who's making like 200k right like that is very rare right but if that is the norm for you here doesn't it warp your perception of like reality i think so but i think people are always around people similar or higher to them and so even in toronto you know making 70k straight out of university is incredibly rare um that is true if just from a pure statistical standpoint but But here the difference is so large it's so much larger but then again everyone is the same as you and so you don't view yourself as like so much higher than others and so for example like going to a school like we did um making 70 out of undergrad we're like whatever Mm -hmm. grand scheme of things most people are making half Mm mm-hmm um, if you go to a top-level comp site program and end up at Amazon or Microsoft here in Seattle, like, so was everyone else your age. But then does that put pressure on you to have to do adult things earlier, like buying, like buying a house, starting a family, like whatever? I think so, but it, it's certainly a privilege. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, I'm 24, I think about buying a home. Like, that's, that's not too bad. there's worse pressures you could have such as living paycheck to paycheck i think the real pressure of of having so many young people earning such high incomes is like the concept of lifestyle lifestyle creep like Mm. it's pretty shocking how many people living in the bay or in seattle earning like two three hundred k are like genuinely living paycheck to paycheck and Mm. i think that's the biggest pressure i think Um, okay wait so just to define lifestyle creep it's like basically when you start to make more money you change your lifestyle to fit your salary level exactly right and so rather than your income just like being going through savings you're like okay no like i can just have a nicer car or a nicer apartment um same thing happened to me right like Mm. you know this closet and this apartment costs more per year than the average income in toronto Mm -hmm. that's an absurd statement Mm -hmm. but to me is like oh yeah it's a pretty mid-range condo yeah when i walked in i was like wow okay like i get it you make money right yeah but it's like it's pretty (laughs) mid-range and like you know my role it's like not that high in in amazon or even high level yeah and so i think that's the biggest pressure is is putting a lot of uh, financial flexibility and and having these like young professionals learn to manage things on their own especially when you think about the background of a lot of these young professionals not to generalize but like there's a lot of kind of like us coddled asian americans with like tiger parents Mm -hmm. where like there's a lot of pressure on us growing up but it's strictly academic and so the moment you start to achieve what you were supposed to and earn it you don't know what to do next what to do next you don't know that like hey maybe like a hundred and ten thousand dollar tesla is like out of the question (laughs) but like if you were to walk through the garage of this 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 building you'd probably see like so many teslas with dust on them right like it's insane and so i think that's a lot of the pressure yeah especially for us a lot of like asian americans and this is the fault of like i'd say our parents yeah we're compared to others our entire life by our parents yeah look at cousin x they're making whatever yeah 
they're doing this. They're going to this school. Mm -hmm. And so that, that attitude or that, that little voice, it turns into a voice in your head. And so you, you come to a place like this. It doesn't matter how much you make. Another person is making more than you. Another person has a nicer car, a nicer apartment. That is true. And there's that like keeping up with the Joneses, I guess is the term. And that's the pressure of like moving here at the end of the day. Maybe when people here or in the Bay go back home or visit other places, they feel accomplished. Yeah. But I feel comfortable saying that a lot of people here don't think they're making that much, frankly, Mm. think they're underpaid Mm. and like, aren't that satisfied with their life. And, Mm. And I think it goes to show that like, money doesn't really buy happiness certainly buys you out of unhappiness buys you a lot of freedom buys you yes it it buys you out of the stresses that like a Mm -hmm. lot of people in canada and the u.s deal with yeah right like thinking about healthcare and education or paying the bills like you know we sauntered through whole foods and got like i know not a lot of things and, and paid like i don't know an absurd amount of in money in this economy we bought drinks at whole foods yeah how many times did you look at the price tag like it doesn't like those are the things that these like these these like jobs sort of buy you but it doesn't necessarily buy you like the happiness that you think it would mm-hmm. get you i also feel like um when you come here if you notice there's more apps to do things like meal kit services whatever blah, 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 right like when you have more money, you tend not to learn how to do things on your own because you have the income to hire someone to do it for you. Right. And and one of my biggest purchases when I moved in. Oh, my God. What was it? Was a Roomba. Oh, my God. <laughs> that does the vacuuming. And I think um, going back to your question of like, you know, what is so difficult about living here or for young people with high incomes is 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 grappling with the idea that like these high incomes don't get you happy Mm. there's a lot of people in the bay or here from you know the friends that have had and coworkers that have had that like genuinely aren't happy they're lonely and so the concept of you know what like working hard in school and and work is, is very valuable being able to like keep up relationships with friends and family is also a lot more valuable and mm-hmm. I've been doing a little bit more reading about like you know what causes a lot of happiness and like later in, in in your lifetime of course having a certain amount of 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 wealth such that you're not stressed about money is very helpful mm-hmm. but once you're past that threshold going from $50 shirts to $100 shirts does not make you happier it's like yeah. having those relationships yeah. and yeah. that was my my biggest difficulty here yeah. was being able to like yeah cultivate them yeah wait were there was there anything that you wish you knew before moving to seattle <laughs> I, yeah i guess i just i wish i knew how difficult it would be to make friends mm. and like have relationships here and i say strictly friends again like there's this that weird thing i told you like after a month of living in seattle come back to toronto like it's easier to, to date than make friends yeah Growing up in Toronto, when you have so many friends, you're like, oh, no, like, that, that's your focus is, like, meeting new new, new, new partners or, like, yeah. going out and dating yeah. because yeah. it's so easy. You already have a network of friends. Yeah. And so having that weird switch was a huge shock to me yeah. of, like, cool, you can, you can line up dates throughout the week 
whatever. That is crazy. I never even thought but about like, that. All right, it's one date. Maybe you want a second date. Maybe you want a third date. But like, it's not a friend you can talk to about work. Yeah. And another thing I wish I knew though was like not to compare the relationships I have here with my relationships in Toronto back home, mm-hmm. where you make friends and you're like, oh no. I'm not that close with this group of friends or this friend or this person and, and learning to, I wish I knew to be okay with that because I think I made a lot of unfair comparisons because I would make Mm. friends here and be like, Oh no, I'm not that close with them. Of course I'm not. My friends back in Toronto, I've known since like for like over 10 years. Of course my, my, my connection with them is a lot deeper. Mm. I've been with them a lot longer versus this friend who objectively I've seen like maybe eight times or whatever. outing um and so that was something yeah. was i i wish i had learned um or i knew before coming here was like managing those expectations of relationships and mm-hmm. and accepting that you know the friendships that i'll have here um aren't as deep as they are in toronto okay. nor will they ever be yeah. and like that's okay mm-hmm. and and like it's just sort of unfair to compare them do you think you've like lowered your standards for friendships then or no? I wouldn't say lowered my standards, but sort of like been more accepting of where they're at. Mm. And so not trying to like push it into something that it might e- not. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, I'll have a friendship here and think like, oh no, it's not as close as this friendship back in Toronto. But I, I think I've gotten a little bit better of comparing myself to, okay, I have this friendship here that I've known for five months. This like friendship that I'm or relationship and putting on a pedestal in Toronto, what was that like at five months? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then making like an appropriate comparison. Mm-hmm. Where were our life stages mm-hmm. different and, and so on and so forth? And you know, yeah. comparison. Yeah. You know what's crazy is like you saying that is like it reminds me of how much like we put expectations on literally everything and we don't live in the moment anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I feel like we had so many expectations put on us. So we naturally have expectations on our relationships, on our friendships and all of that. But we forget to live in the moment and just let things be. Yeah, I felt that in in dating too. Yeah. It's like you go on a first date and people are like, oh, how was it? It was like and you'd reply, oh it wasn't I didn't feel a spark. I wouldn't feel passionate about it. Whatever it is. Yeah. But it's like dude, you just met them yeah. and you're comparing them to, you know, perhaps a romantic relationship you've had in the past that yeah. has been there for several years. Yeah. You're comparing them to the end of the three, four year, whatever it was, not day one. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think we sort of get clouded by that yeah. and having to navigate specifically f- like relationships. I wasn't a big deal with mm-hmm. because I've had experience in that, but having to grapple with managing expectations with friendships and, and professional relationships um, was like the biggest change for me. Yeah. And, but don't you feel like so much stronger now and your capabilities and like the fact that you can be on your own and you're okay with it? Like yeah. you did this whole ass move and like you're good. Yeah, I'm you know pretty happy with myself. I, I feel a lot more mature. I feel like an adult. Yeah. Right. I, I told you like in Toronto, I didn't, feel like an adult yeah i'm doing these incredible things at work managing like dozens of people doing yeah. so well yeah. when you come home and it's like obviously it's a great position to be in i'm not complaining but like to have have that level in your career and ac- academically and professionally and then come home and it's like comforting you're yeah. in the same bed as you've yeah. had your whole life yeah. like you're getting pushed professionally but not personally exactly yeah, yeah. and so i've had the big switch here where 
I haven't been pushing as much professionally. Which is okay. Which is fantastic. <laughs> I love that. And then pushing, pushing myself like personally. And I think that's like the biggest growth. Yeah. 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 Health wise in terms of like physical activity and dieting, not dieting, but like the food that I'm, you know, preparing for myself as well as relationship wise has yeah. been my biggest focus. I mean, people yeah. ask me, but like, what's your life in Seattle? Like, I don't really talk about my job. It's because frankly. you are a uh, retired old man now. Yes, I, you're an I, old man. I'm an old man with two cats and a girlfriend in this home, and uh, <laughs> wouldn't change it for the world. Aww. <laughs> okay, wait. I think I have one more question. Okay, you might have already answered this one, but how do you think you've changed? Like, what's the biggest thing that you've noticed in yourself since you've moved? Yeah. So. When people, whenever I go back to Toronto or people from Toronto ask me, like, how is your life in Seattle like? Um, I never say that I'm like super happy. I'm going, doing all of these things. I always say that I'm, I'm very comfortable. Mm. And that's in large part, A, because of the job and the income and whatever. Um, it's a very easy life, right? Like you and I were walking so through campus. Chill. It feels like people are walking in slow motion. Yeah. And I think no that, one's hitting me. Yes, no one's rushing you. Yeah. And I think that sort of harkens back to like what I was like from I'd say tenth grade onwards, where I was constantly thinking about what are the next classes, what's the next extra extracurricular, um, what's my long term goal, how does X set me up for Y? Mm-hmm. And now that I moved here where progression is a lot slower than, you know, in a warehouse um, and where I'm, I'm very happy with where I'm at professionally, I've sort of focused on other things mm-hmm. than my career or academics, mm-hmm. which is the biggest change for me. Um, granted, some of those things are due to my, you know, like having just moved here with my new job and, and I'm very privileged in that sense where, you know, I, I do say like I work pretty hard at my job. It is in many senses, a lot harder than any job I've ever had. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you don't have the amount of hours or pressure or you don't have to even physically be there. Yeah. And so I'm just very comfortable um, in being comfortable with being comfortable, I think Mm -hmm. is the weirdest change for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I flip flop and, and sort of have those like negative thoughts of John, are you just being lazy? <laughs> like, why aren't you thinking about your next promotion or your next job or, or your, your next, next move? Your next move, yeah. and just being happy with. No, I just went to the office, did what I had to do, and then some. Went to the gym, cooked some food, and now watched the show on Netflix. <laughs> like, like being happy and comfortable and content with that has been a huge change for yeah. me. Yeah. And, and a lot of self-reflection of, of the life that I have is like an incredible privilege that yeah. no one has, not yeah. many people have. Yeah. And that's been the biggest change in me yeah. is just, I feel like I talk a lot slower. I walk a lot slower. You do. it's nicer. When, when you used to walk at work, you would like, or even when we go out in Toronto, you, you I don't know if you remember, but you would be like at the front, like zooming. walking, zooming. Yeah. Now we're here, we're literally walking the same pace and i walk hella slow right yeah yeah I'm just like relax and and that's one of the reasons why i like the city so much is yeah i also notice it in your demeanor yeah i'm super calm yeah. and and again would i say that i'm 
like I, I don't even think that happy is the way to put it. I think comfortable content. and comfortable. content. And old me would have said, that's pretty boring. You've given up. Yeah. New me is like, no, like yeah. this is pretty good. Yeah. There's a lot of privilege in, privilege in that statement of yeah. saying, of being a, one of the reasons why I think a lot of people here act that way is we're doing okay, right? We're not objectively struggling financially or physically we're not thinking about our next meal we're not thinking about our next job we have a good job it's somewhat safe yeah have, <laughs> wait have you heard of the um i forget what it is but it's like i forget which philosopher it was but it was like that hierarchy of needs yeah, so like maslow's hierarchy yeah, of needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and so like you've taken care of physical safety you've care taken care of all of those physical things yeah and now you're sort of just focusing on like you're, the top part of the pyramid is like self-actualization yeah, yeah. and just being happy with yourself yeah. um and that's there's like a lot of ebb and flow like am i gonna be like this all the time no like yeah. in six months or a year will i get back on the grind train and make my next move like Maybe. possibly right now i got two cats like, <laughs> it's kind of cool yeah um and i think that's been the biggest change in me yeah um you know low stress great sleep great food yeah like i come back to toronto and my family says my skin is great or like i just like look this is happy. what sleep does and i'm like this is just and my friends my friends and family are like that looks like privilege <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like yeah that's that's sort of what yeah. it is mm -hmm. do i think this is the reality for most people absolutely not and i'm like incredibly grateful for the position i'm in mm -hmm. um but i'm very much happy to be out of the toronto new york grind of like what's your side hustle what's your next move next what's move? your side hustle what's your instagram yeah. um, are you monetizing your instagram yeah exactly you what's your this? next move and i'm yeah. like no i pretty comfortable yeah. it's not too yeah. bad i'm like yeah. sipping wine out of like a nice glass or whatever not right now but like out of a nice glass i'm like and it's not the, the type of wine yeah <laughs> yes my three dollar wine is fantastic and your three dollar wine getting sipped out of a fifty dollar cup yes precisely <laughs> uh is the current life that we live here but i think yeah that's been the biggest change i feel a yeah. lot more calm you don't see me zooming around a warehouse with a your pace is much slower. My pace, yeah, with a radio going at all times, <laughs> right? Like my last job was like constantly monitoring uh, video feeds, physical people coming up to you, dashboards, yeah. a radio, your yeah. emails, your yeah. instant messaging all yeah. at once. Whereas now, thankfully my job, you block off three hours, work on a piece of work, like a paper or a dashboard or whatever, and then check your emails after lunch and yeah. not know and know like if i don't check this email a building won't burn down yeah which wasn't a privilege that i had before yeah. but it's good <laughs> it I is nice really and yeah i think you. personally i'm a lot more yeah. relaxed and content which is uh not something i've had probably since like ninth or tenth grade uh, so yeah well i'm proud of you thank you i'm proud of you um those are all the questions that i had how was how was your experience on a, being on a pod? podcast? It was fun. Yeah, uh, was it fun? It was nervous at first. I viewed it as a podcast, and then at the end of the day, you're just supposed to view it as like a conversation, which like a did it feel time. like I was interviewing you? Not really. I guess it feels like us just talking. 
Okay, good. Yeah. I'm, I feel I'm, like we've I, talked I, about it, some it, things. It feels like, like we're, yeah, we've t- covered some of these topics. Um, it feels like I'm talking a lot more uh, professionally. I know, but why? Like a Toronto man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta when you said, some... um, there was this one word that you said, it started with a D. It's a Toronto man word that starts with a D. No, no, it wasn't a Toronto man. It was like a super intelligent word. Dichotomy. Dichotomy. Yeah, I was yeah. like, bro, when the hell did you ever use the word dichotomy? In the Versus back in Toronto, I'm like, yo, man's be stealing. Yeah, it's very different. But like, yeah, it was actually quite fun. Was it fun? Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, thanks for thanks for being on here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming to Seattle. Yay! <laughs> Any last words before I end it? Um, aside from do, do your cats Seattle. <laughs> no. uh, no other words. I was so. gonna say, do your cats have Instagram? You should promote. They do. Wait, really? You didn't even tell me. They do. I'll tell you after. Kate has it, but yes. Why? Why do you not have anything? You don't have your Wi-Fi pass. I don't, I, Kate I, is like I'm your. I'm still. I'm still learning. <sighs> okay. Oh my god, it was an hour long. That didn't feel like an hour. Nice. Okay. I'm gonna end it. Great. Right. Bye. Bye.